This is the EP Growth Podcast from Hunter Rehabilitation and Health. We are here to grow the exercise physiology profession through supporting the professional and personal growth of young EPs in the industry. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the EP Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McAfee, the Director at Hunter Rehab and Health and flying solo once again today for another short but hopefully very valuable episode for the listeners out there. But before I get started, just wanted to mention that heading up to the ESSA Innovation and Practice uh, Conference this weekend at Sunshine Coast. So if there's any listeners that will be attending that conference as well, and you're listening uh, before May 7th, May 8th, come grab me, say hello, um, love to chat with uh, with you. So I'll be up there on Saturday, Sunday. Let me know if, um, yeah, if you see me up there and come have a chat, I'm more than open to uh, talk all things EP with you. But let's get into today's episode. We're gonna talk about imaging. It's a bit of a clinical one today. Uh, I'm gonna talk about imaging, when to request imaging, when not to request imaging. Um, it's a challenging one. We don't really get taught too much about it at university, but it can play a big role in our treatment um, and our treatment outcomes. Now, I'll give you some context. So as of late, at, at recent, um, last five, 10 years, we've moved away from a model of requesting imaging if it's not needed. The reason for that is there's been many, many studies to show that getting an early MRI for either back pain or shoulder pain, getting an earlier MRI was associated with a greater chance of surgery, greater use of opioids, um, higher pain scores, and greater acute care costs as well. So costing, um, yeah, so just poorer outcomes. And you've got to break that down. You've got to think the reason for that. So I think it's there's many, many things on there, but we've all read um, radiological reports before and they sound fairly, they sound pretty scary how they're written. Um, I've always been advocating for somewhere on that radiological report to report what is normal for someone of that age. Um, they don't really, yeah, mention what's normal and what's not normal. So what's found. So... Um, it does cause a fair bit of catastrophizing. That's one of the main things. When you see these big words on an MRI, um, either shoulder or back or knee, it does look scary. And for anyone aged 30, 40 onwards, they will find something. And once they find something on there, whether it is normal or not, you start the whole process of going down that spiral of going, okay, I've got this, I might need surgery. Now you go see a specialist. If you are not getting an evidence-based specialist who might just be looking to operate um, for financial gain, they will do a, an operation which might not have been necessary. It takes longer to get better. Um, we might develop chronic pain and so on and so forth. So I know we see a lot of patients and they want to know what's going on and they might want to get a scan. But your job as an exercise physiologist is to uh, convince them otherwise and educate them otherwise away from getting a scan in the early stages. So 
I want to educate you. The only time you should recommend a scan is if there are any red flags, any red flags. So you've got to understand what, what the red flags are and what red flags um, can be present. So if you think one of the red flags could be a possible fracture, if you think there is a possible fracture, like the, they've caused this injury, their back or their shoulder knee has come from major trauma, then there could be a fracture and that needs to be um, scanned because that would change the way uh, your treatment would be. So we only ask for a scan if we believe it will change the treatment modality. So um, possible fracture is, is red flag number one. Um, and so it might be major trauma or it could be minor trauma in someone who is osteoporotic. So if someone has osteoporosis and they've got a knee, um, hip or uh, back or shoulder injury and it's, it's caused by trauma, like falling down stairs or something like that, then um, you could potentially yeah, send them for a scan. The second one is possible tumour or infection. So, yeah, seeing if they've got a history of cancer. Um, seeing if they've got any other symptoms like fever or chills or, or weight loss even, um, if there's any sort of bacterial infection, um, if they have immunosuppression as well, like their, their immune system is quite poor, um, looking at all these things, um, if that's the case, possible tumour or infection, this would indicate um, sending them for a scan to look, look at this further. And... The last red flag would be significant neurological deficit. So this is probably the main one that you do see. Um, if someone is getting significant radicular pain, so nerve pain, whether it is um, if it's from the back, if they're getting sciatic pain, that's causing yeah weakness um, in the foot, uh, in the legs, um, even uh, bladder or bowel dysfunction. Um, and it's causing neurological deficit, then we need to recommend them for a scan. Same thing with, uh, with shoulder pain. There's a lot of nerves going through the brachial plexus. Um, we've got thoracic outlet syndrome. Sometimes shoulder pain and pain down the arm is, is caused by nerve impingement at the nerve root in the neck. So potentially if, if someone is getting yeah, that nerve pain down the arm, tingling into the fingers and it's constant, um, you would be yeah, having a quick look at the neck to see if there is any nerve impingements there, which there many ways the nerves can be impinged um, through the yeah, foramen or the, um, the lamina as well. Um, and then yeah, having significant disc herniations as well, causing pressure on the nerve. Um, so those would be the three red, red flags. And as exercise physiologists, no, we can't um, refer for scans, but quite easily we can pick up the phone and call the GP, call their GP. Um, you call the reception, say, I'd like to speak with so-and-so GP about this patient and just get on the phone and have a chat with them. So I've noticed these red flags. I would um, yeah, highly recommend a, a scan. I understand the, um, the dangers in, in having an early um, MRI. However, yeah, these are the red flags that I've noticed, or this is the red flag I've noticed, and this is why I'm recommending this scan. If we're not seeing any of those red flags, 
there's no need to go investigating. Um, there really isn't because if we look at, hopefully everyone has seen this and this is something you can use to try and educate your clients is they've put a thousand people through an MRI that had no symptoms whatsoever. And some amazing outcomes, some amazing results here. This one stuck with me for a long time. So in a 20 year old, so 37% of 20 year olds had disc degeneration, 37%. So 52% of 30 year olds had disc degeneration. So when we get to 50 year olds, over 80% of 50 year olds had disc degeneration. So 80% of non uh, asymptomatic patients had disc degeneration. So if someone tells you I've got disc degeneration and they're 50 years old, you say, yes, so does eight out of 10 people your age and doesn't cause pain. So that is extremely common, but I know people that are seeing their chiropractor three times a week because they've got disc degeneration and they've been told um, that this is causing their pain and all other narratives around it. However, 80% of the population their age have it. 60% of 50 year olds have a disc bulge somewhere along, along their spine. 60% have a current disc bulge, 60%. So it's, uh, it's quite high, even the 30 year olds, 40% of 30 year olds have a disc bulge. So these numbers significantly increase as we get to even 70 years of age, we're talking 93% have disc degeneration as a 70 year old and 77% have a disc bulge. So these are huge, huge numbers and these are for people without pain. So you can see how the, uh, the damage can occur when we see this on a, on, a, on a radiological report. We don't really get the, the, uh, the norms around it. So we get someone who's not educated, they get this scan, it says you've got disc degeneration and a disc bulge at this level, this level. Can you see what that means to someone they can speak to their friends about, oh my God, yeah, my um, my dad had a disc bulge and, and had this here and he actually had a fusion. And you start creating these narratives and it it does result in worse outcomes. Um, it does result in higher risk of opioid use. It does result in higher risk of surgery. So this is why we want to avoid early imaging and we need to be on the lookout for red flags. So on the lookout for red flags and then we'd call the, the GP up um, get a referral for imaging, get them sent off straight away. That's when we'll be referring for imaging. And we need to be educating our clients as to why we're not going to go down the early imaging route because uh, there's no red flags present. This is likely to resolve in the next X amount of weeks, X amount of months, and our treatment wouldn't change otherwise. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, a bit of education around imaging. You can utilize this in your clinical work day to day and always reach out if you've got any questions whatsoever. That's all I've got time for. Bye for now. Hey guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the EP Growth Podcast. If you would like to be mentored by one of the high-performing exercise physiologists at Hunter Rehab and Health, please visit epgrowthpodcast.com and click on the mentoring page to learn more. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends so we can ultimately grow this profession together. Thank you.